Hello and welcome to episode four of Battle of the Boutiques presented by DestroyTheBrain.com. I'm Andy Triefenbach. I'm Lena Morgan. And I'm Diggum. And today, uh, Diggum chose our fate for this battle. I did. You want to tell us what you did? So I wanted <laughs> to, uh, I've been getting really into shot on video in the last year. And there were two superb shot on video releases. I thought they were recent, but they were actually within like, the, they were like, one was like, I think Black Friday and one was like December. So I, so they're, yeah. they're, they're not even as, as uh, recent as I thought. But uh, it's Agfa's release of Boarding House from 1982, and then Saturn's Core, uh, the release of Savage Harvest from 1994. 93. 93. <laughs> yeah, it was filmed in 93. Well, I mean, like we can get into it a little later, but I guess, yeah, it was filmed in 93, but it came out in 94. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. And uh, if you're not familiar with this podcast, and maybe you're familiar with the other one, uh, what we do here is get real fucking nerdy, and we compare boutique Blu-rays, and just as Diggum said, it's Agfa versus Saturn's Core. Um, or do we say Agfa and Bleeding Skull versus Saturn's Core? It is kind Core. of a co-release. Yeah, so, I mean, take it, take it for what you will. Um, but... Yeah, super stoked on this one. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm based in St. Louis, so Savage Harvest is one that I know very well. And ho- hopefully we can talk about something that might be coming up with that release, yeah. or at least that movie, I should say. All right, uh, before we really get into it, make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at DTB Horror, on Instagram at Destroy the Brain, on that fucking horrible Facebook app. Facebook.com slash destroy the brain. Uh, you can also go to our Discord and join uh, what I call the Ooze Crew, and uh, or nobody calls it really that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can go to discord.destroythebrain.com, and uh, we're on there. We'll we'll talk with you. Don't be afraid. Yeah, don't I'll, be afraid. I'll um, inform any any purchase you want to make. I'll tell you yeah. whether it's a good or bad <laughs> yeah. idea. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the, we, we have a consulting fee of yeah. uh, 50 cents. But no, yeah, seriously, though, uh, come join the community. It's a lot of fun. Um, okay, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. What we do is we talk about the movies, then we talk about the presentation of uh, the whole menus the the film the special features and then we also talk about the packaging the overall look of the release in the physical format so cool uh i say we start in alphabetical order and we start with boarding house i think that makes sense i want to say one thing just in case somebody comes into this and is unaccustomed to shot on video yeah i think um Diggum, you you chose these very well um because they're both enjoyable um but i believe that they express the two genders of shot on video because there are yes, there you are mentioned basic, this on the last podcast <laughs> yeah oh i did i all right well then i'll say it again in case this is the first one no no we didn't to. get the explanation you just yeah. teased us like yeah. a great like a tease personality would oh my goodness yeah. what a professional okay so basically shot on video and and yes of course um the thing to know is uh 
you have to be forgiving. We're not going to be talking about how great the transfers are on these particularly. We'll, I mean, like yeah. with an asterisk if we do, uh, which is that because they were shot on video, they are not going to look as good as something shot on film. But the really important thing to know is that shot on video, generally speaking, comes in two flavors. Uh, one flavor is that it tries to be like an actual movie with a plot and characters. And then there's the other kind, which is, let's just shoot some weird shit. You can make yep. some gross shit, right? Yeah. Let's put some fucking <laughs> gross shit. Hey, you're in a band, right? We'll just put like music videos in here. Hey, I, I got some eyeballs. We'll put some eyeballs. Anyway, this person's hung. I got some weird lighting gels. That's so. So that's that's basically uh, that's basically the, the two genders of shot on video. And um, Savage Harvest is the former, and Boarding House is the latter. Yeah. <laughs> to, yes. to to spoil it a little bit, and uh, I think that which one of these you're going to prefer is going to depend upon which flavor of shot on video you want. Um, I think we like both kinds oh yeah but we are we are also deft and practiced hands <laughs> at this bullshit but great i love the idea of starting with boarding house because yeah. it is impenetrable and that's my favorite kind of movie and it's and it's also the first i believe the first theatrically released shot on video film yeah yeah which is pretty it, remarkable it totally is um and this is the first time that you can see the 35 millimeter theatrical version of the film, yeah. which isn't vastly different, but I will say it is um, kind of nice to see because obviously the notoriety behind Boarding House was that it was the first shot on video film yeah. to be developed on 35 millimeter, which is an interesting thing anyway, um, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to describe Boarding House, or should we leave that to Lena? I mean, I, I, I was, <laughs> we, it was funny because we were talking about it, and I was like, uh, I don't even know how you would start, besides that, a, a, like a pervert buys a house, <laughs> like, like that's basically how the movie starts. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Yeah, and, and and so the movie opens up with uh, a confusing sort of Star Wars crawl like yeah, here's uh, my question. exposition you ever, dump yeah you ever play like um like like a like an old PC game like old Commodore 64 <laughs> do you like do you like this sound and do you like it for two minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so long two 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 and minutes just when you think you have reprieve it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. I if it's two minutes, and I believe it could be, it doesn't. Fe it feels like ten years, where yeah. they're basically <laughs> giving you an info dump about the past of this titular boarding house. Yeah. Uh, some right. Pe some people. Well, some people died there. There was a young daughter of a couple of a, of, a, of a married couple that survived, uh, and was put in an insane asylum. And then some yes. other people suffered, I guess. Do we need to set that up a little bit? Like where um, you have a shot, of this pan shot of somebody at a computer and then it zooms into the computer and that's supposed to be the transition to the computer graphics telling us this story that, like like we said, takes two fucking minutes. Is it really two minutes? 
It's it's it about feels like fifteen. <laughs> like 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 it's like 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 they really make two minutes feel like fifteen minutes because it just is just constant text and I'm like what is like and it's it's weird because it's like not even like it's like truncated like file speak it's not even like spelled out it's right. like really like truncated language where it's like 1974 found dead in whatever it's 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 like really uh, it's like not descriptive writing so it's it's and it's like intercut with these images of people I guess the people dying in the house or in the pool or where wherever else that, yes, they do kind of want to give you a sense that there are generational consequences. Yeah. Um, but really, the plot of the movie is this guy inherits a house, and he goes to he thinks he thinks to think he thought to him and him alone. Oh man, what if I filled this house with hot bitches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and loved then the uh, things happen. I love the. Uh, specifics that he put in the ad where it's like you have to not have a boyfriend you have to be like under a certain age like 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 there was a really weird list of like things where he was like in order to live here it has you have to meet these qualifications like like a pervert like i said a pervert gets a house and then then stuff happens so he's um the thing that i really kept thinking over and over about this guy um the, the character's name is uh Jim, Jim Royce. Uh, uh, John Wintergate is the name of the actor. He is also the director and writer. Of course. Um, because when because when you make a movie like Boarding House, you'd know that you're going to write, direct, and star. Um, yeah. But he's... How, how to describe him? Do you, ever, you ever play that VHS game um, Nightmare? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have it. I fucking have it. So he, so here's here's what I think. I think that that Crypt Keeper guy, I think this is what <laughs> oh, he the was. Gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Yes, my gatekeeper. Yeah, the Excuse gate, me? The gatekeeper. This is what he was doing. This is what he was up to in the it. 80s. <laughs> Dude. I love Nightmare. <laughs> this is, but this uh, is what he was doing when when he was when he was like a uh, a Wall Street bro doing coke, yeah. and, <laughs> and and wearing women's underwear in his office, talking to drunks about business. This is what he was. This is it. That's what he was doing yeah, before he yeah. became the gatekeeper. That's Mike because that's what he looks like to me. Kind of like just yeah, put a hood, I'm, put a, put a hood over him, man. You know, yeah, you got to put a hood and then, uh, you know, just uh, focus some fucking black light on him and <laughs> some green lights on his eyeballs, yeah. and yeah, that's pretty much I, it. I mean, like, basically the back cover. Just put yeah. a hood on this guy, and then and then <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, and then you're good. Yeah, uh, boarding I, house. I, I, Nightmare I, Origins. <laughs> I want to tell you, I feel really proud of realizing that Boarding House is not, as a nightmare prequel. Is it? Yeah, um, really. <laughs> you never knew, but that's what it is. But yeah, so there isn't a plot per se, except that they kind of they they try to tie a couple of strands together. So uh, a thing to know about old Jim Royce is that uh, he likes to understand the cosmos. Yeah, he uh, he master meditates, um, <laughs> and he can and he can make the 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 soap pop up in the bathtub. He can he can move things around the room a little bit, and uh, he 
kind of tries to teach some of this stuff to another woman in, in the movie. Uh, the character's name is Victoria. Victoria, mm-hmm. as you might imagine, is played by his wife, who just goes by Kalasu. Kalasu, yeah. The ancient one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colossu. I'm sure that's not her original name. Um, and and, she, and if she legally named changed her name to Colossu, I'm gonna say that was a colossal mistake. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired at Colossu. <laughs> So oh she, she's a she's a she's a singer in a band. Um, this is this is pulled right from from real life because in fact yeah. the two of them were in a band, um, and I believe still are. Uh, Seems but, that way. You know, the website. Yes, we'll get to that in due course. <laughs> but they are, you know, they, I guess they've got some feelings for each other. I mean, he wants to fuck everybody in the house. Yeah, and but he basically does. Yeah, but there's <laughs> but there's also a bunch of other people in the house, and and things start to happen, like uh, hands get uh, stab stabby stabbed um, by by moving um, knives and, and things. Uh, ice pick, I believe, is is one is one of the yeah. things, and um, boobs get pressed up against shower doors. Bloods all over the place. A woman looks like has a it becomes a pig face monster at one point. Why? Who knows? Doesn't matter. They were like, we've got we've got to make a person. They can make someone look like a pig. Put it in the it's going in the movie. Yeah. And at one point, after you think you got everybody, they got all the, the beautiful ladies in the film. Well, it's a it's a it's a stacked house. Nobody else is gonna live here, but oh no. Then Debbie shows up. Just Debbie. She's got a British accent for yeah. reasons. And you're like, uh, and not, something's not up a with real this British lady. accent. No, 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 no. <laughs> she's no, no, she's no, no, not no. originally from the UK. <laughs> I, I, I think that if we all talked like this, then we would be doing a more believable accent than hers. <laughs> but that's basically what she sounds like. It's not yeah. a, it's, it's not hard to tell. Anyway, so she shows up and she's desperate to live there, and you're like, that's weird. Gosh, I wonder if that's going to go someplace. Yeah. And despite all evidence to the contrary, um, boarding house does eventually kind of circle in on a conclusion it has an ending of a type yeah and it turns out that that debbie was the daughter of the two parents that that had like a double suicide or whatever happened and went crazy and her parents i guess were also were very psychic and now she's very psychic and she just wants to kill people and bury parts of them in the backyard well and that's that's unrelated to the house also being like the amity possessed house. in some way yeah 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 which is is unrelated to that plot which is i mean it's got to be she also had sex with her dad right like there's some incest going on there yeah something like that yeah good good stuff wow yeah yeah. Wowie wowie. It's, anyway, it's really a kitchen sink movie. It is. There's just a little bit of everything that you expect out of a shot on video movie, right? Yeah. Like demonic possession, titties, blood, weird makeup effects, a music video, and a pool. And someone falling in the pool, and then more titties. Yeah. And, of course... <laughs> because computer graphics were, you know, pretty advanced. So 
if you put them in your movie, it's going to look that futuristic as production, hell. Yeah, right? so futuristic. That's exactly what the fucking filmmakers it were thinking. It re- really makes your movie future proof. if you you put computers in it so that's that's the movie um there's i mean there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot that happens uh yeah it's 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 a movie bizarre with with, it's a movie with very little plot where a lot of things happen is the best way to describe it my favorite thing about this movie is that um it's it memorializes one of its actors (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who died like pretty much right after yeah yeah uh his name is uh joel riordan he plays joel weintraub and uh the thing to know about that guy is he's a drunk and i'm pretty sure that there was there was some method acting involved oh yeah definitely mm. some I mean, method there's work. a lot of there's a lot of method acting in this because he'd like show up and he'd be like, "Hey man, what are you dr- drinking?" And and uh, Jim Rice would be like, "Apple juice," and he'd be like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! Don't you dare fucking say apple juice in front of me. That's terrible. Unless it's alcoholic apple juice, hard apple cider. Remember, remember hard apple cider? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, this is where hard apple cider comes from. <laughs> this it, was, it was originated this in boarding house. This was the house. invention. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Dig, yeah. you, you, you picked this as one I of the two movies. Yes. I'm so grateful for you doing this, but now that I have gone and done the work of explaining, <laughs> in big quotes, what this movie is about, um, your turn. Yeah, I just, you, it's a very fascinating look at sort of the early shot on video stuff like like they even mentioned in the commentary like this may be the first shot on video movie yeah this or like 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 it's arguing between this or sledgehammer but i think this was filmed first so it's like a weird weird thing but um yeah i don't know it's just there's so much going on in this movie that you like like I said that the intro for two minutes feels like fifteen minutes, but after that, really like they make ninety minutes feel like forty five because it's like there's just constantly weird <laughs> things happening, like weird entertaining things happening. Um, there's a there's like the character that struck me this time watching it was um, there's like a weird scruffy landskeeper guy that's like oh, yeah, yeah. around for some reason. And then, it's, and then it's, it's it's Macho Man Randy Savage if he wound up in Nam. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a weird Nam vet that just prowls around for some reason. And then I can't. Uh, I just watch it. I can't remember if he dies or just is gone. <laughs> like, no, he like, just kind of disappears. Yeah, he just leaves the movie for some reason. Uh, yeah, and it's just chock full of stuff like that. Like the. Um, the death that I was cracking up at last night was the one where he's on the beach with that girl, Cindy. And mm-hmm. then he just has like a weird seizure and passes out. And then she gets possessed or something and drowns herself. Like I have no clue what would even happen in that moment. Like it's, it's just full of things like that. And, and it's, it's just a fascinating watch. Yeah. Especially, uh, I was, and I was even, I'm like my, Mine's traveling at, at 60 miles a minute. You, like the character of Jim is a disgusting pervert, right? 
So yes. the first time you watch it, you're like, he's got to be the bad guy here, right? Like, right. like he's he's bringing in all these 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 young women that are that are I beautiful and have no ties. I think he puts in the ad or whatever. Yes, that's yeah. that's what he puts in the ad. That's what it is. Um, but then he ends up being like the good guy who teaches women how to have telekinetic powers. Like it's really uh, a strange choice. Finally, they got the damn ad right. Girls, girls, girls. If you're between 18 and 25, unattached and beautiful, then I want you to share my 10 bedroom house with me for approximately $100 a month. Call Jim boarding house it is a very strange choice it's almost like the dude saw carrie and picked up a book about telekinesis and was like oh i can make i can shoehorn this into this vanity project of me to be around all these beautiful girls yeah (laughs) And, and then be an asshole like the doorbell rings and not one second later he's like oh can somebody get that <laughs> as i'm laying on my fucking couch yeah yeah he I really inserts some really some, some plucked right out of real life behavior <laughs> i believe that that's that's just yeah. the real man like that's we, just johnny just johnny being johnny that's a, that's a we were talking man. about method acting and that was that was definitely method acting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they uh and it's it's he's just lounge around in his undies a lot he's wearing sleeveless shirts but he's a businessman yeah like what is just, his job i don't that's the I thing is that, like he seems like he's like like ye old crypto bro of the past kind yeah. of because he's like in a high rise like office i mean that's what we're how yeah. we're introduced to his work environment but yeah at home he's got all these but uh, he's in his undies in his office, well, he's, a, know, he's, he's in he's in women's underwear. Man. It's very important to be very oh, yeah. clear. Those are yeah. those are women. Those are ladies' under things. Like leopard women's underwear. Well, not even that first scene. It's just like lacy stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And I yeah, was yeah. like, and I was like, this is because they show him with that, and then like they do like a close up on his chest with like he's got like some kind of like crystal sort of necklace yeah. dealy going on, and I was like, this is this is very Silence of the Lambs, like. <laughs> Is it, he's got a real Buffalo Bill vibe. Yeah, he um, does for sure. Oh yeah, um, especially when he's got the kimono just, on, for sure. <laughs> I, but like, like genuinely, my big takeaway from the movie uh, with each viewing was, I. But he's gay, right? Like, I, <laughs> like it's weird because simultaneously he's uh, a heterosexual pervert. Who yeah. is trying to get young women to stay with him so he can fuck them all? Right. But also, like he's got the the earring in the left ear and it's a dangly, and he seems to be into crystals and shit, and he's wearing yeah. a lot of like I don't been like I'm not trying to paint a they painted the picture, and yeah. I'm aware of the decade in which the film came out, and so for me, it's like my '80s self jumped out and was like. He's gay. <laughs> you know what's funny though is like, uh, and look, this this should show you how how much Panos Cosmatos is on my mind here. This dude is like Jeremiah Sand, basically. If Jeremiah Sand was just a couple, if a couple more years, even though like Mandy takes place in eighty three, 
But I, I would imagine Jeremiah Sand was like, I'm going to get in the movie business and I'm going to make this SOV horror film and it's going to go out to theaters because that's how you see a movie. This dude reminds me of Jeremiah Sand. It's like an ego complex thing. And I'll be honest with you, like it, it's hard to really get into a movie for me when when SOV is one of those weird formats that it just kind of there's no barrier like I know for a fact these people are real versus like a film I can just buy into that character it's really hard for me to buy into characters on SOV films so I just imagine this dude is so egotistical and that's always what has turned me off from boarding house however with that said um I actually watched the 35 millimeter like the um theatrical print scan of boarding house and I enjoyed it more than the SOV uh, straight you know straight from the one inch tape master version yeah the uh, yeah you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about it's slightly shorter right psycho right. killer cut yeah, well yeah I mean well actually no that's a different one because this is previously unreleased right yeah. so here, you're talking about the original yeah, there, home there, video we, cut. there are th- there are like three cuts on this and there's yes. also a fourth cut yeah I don't know there's a fourth cut by the way and it's like 10 million <coughs> years long yeah yeah so we're it, not going to talk about that too much well yeah but we'll get we'll get into it with the presentation of the, the discs, features right yeah, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, the Psycho Killer version, I I guess, is really the alternate version, but then they have the original home video cut transferred from the the quarter-inch tape. Um, Sorry, not the one-inch tape. This is a quarter-inch master tape. So, it's, look, I mean, I will say that that theatrical cut, which is the first time this has ever been on a disc... Other than bootlegs, uh, there have been theatrical cut bootlegs going around Mm -hmm. uh, prior to Agfa releasing this on DVD the first time around. Also, Code Red put it out on DVD. So, yeah, it's had a few releases. I actually think it was Slasher Video that put it out on a DVD. Yeah. So, well, no, (laughs) here's the fun part. Code Red DVD put it out first. (laughs) Then Slasher yeah. Video put it out, and then Agfa put it yeah. out. So you're talking about three DVD releases <laughs> for this fucking movie, and then That's crazy. you know through through the partner labels from Vinegar Syndrome, Agfa's like, hey, we have a 35 millimeter print of this that we're just gonna scan. Do you want to make that the Blu-ray? Yeah, and that's exactly what happened, but. I feel like I'm kind of jumping into the presentation part a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, this movie, you know, like outside of me not really caring for the main character, this thing has like peaks and valleys of just bizarreness. And I think because I know I, I'm pretty sure I watched the two and a half hour long version, which is the director's cut that was on the slasher video <laughs> oh, disc. No. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. it's not like I really remember much of it. I just remember, wow, this is really padded. <laughs> um, but what I will say is I enjoyed watching it theatrically in a weird way, like watching it, watching the theatrical cut, the 35 millimeter scan. To me, it kind of uh, put my mindset in 
that form where it's like, oh, this is the first SOV, you know, video that was blown up on 35 millimeter and shown theatrically. It was kind of nice getting that experience because, you know, it doesn't look great. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But (laughs) quite honestly, like, I don't know how many people really knew this was shot on video if they saw it in the theater. They probably just figured it was so fucking amateurish because the lighting is awful. There's there's like no creative lighting whatsoever. It's a shot on video movie. But there, there are interesting things. And I think what's funny, like it kind of really opened up my perspective about this film having it uh, exhibited theatrically through a 35 millimeter print because you could kind of get away with the overall look of the film because you're starting it off with computer graphics. Okay, so what I was talking about was, um, you know, I've seen Boarding House before, and like I said, I've seen the two-and-a-half-hour cut of it, and nobody really needs to see that. It was great that Slasher Video put that out on DVD at one point in time, Um, but it's you really don't need to see it unless you are a fucking diehard fan of Boarding House, and even then, your mileage is going to vary. Um, I think the interesting part is the, the theatrical cut is a little different than um, than the original home video cut. Mm-hmm. Not by much, but just a little bit. And I think this is an interesting product. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the film, I, I think... It has peaks and valleys, and the peaks are great. Like, whenever it's really bizarre, yeah. like the newspaper ad and the fact that you have, like, this video overlay of what I assume is a Grim Reaper, I don't <laughs> know, or, or essentially the creature at the, the end, which is really is. just yeah. uh, LED lights. Uh, it's really the gatekeeper from the Nightmare game, just yeah. to pull it full circle. But... Uh, <laughs> but anyway yeah i mean look it's a interesting thing for horror history i think um and that's kind of what makes this film somewhat important because it was really made for totally independently by being shot on video yeah and then a producer coming in and saying okay i don't need a two and a half hour long fucking movie or even i think the original cut was like somewhere around two hours and he's like we don't need all this cut it down yeah, because if you get it to a certain amount, then I can get into theaters. So it's like somebody who had, you know, some it feels like somebody who had a handshake deal with some sort of theatrical company and they uh, they worked it out and they put it on 35 millimeter. And I will say that I think the fact that it's shot on video and the fact that it opens up with like a computer, quote unquote, computer animated sequence. Yeah almost helps the overall look of the film being shot on video because like watching the theatrical print you can tell something's off like it's not as dynamic you know there's really no depth of feel yeah 
But as a product of like Grindhouse and Drive-Ins, uh, this works pretty damn well as a product. You you, you have to question: is it due to is it due to the limitations of the format, or is it just incompetency? Because that's that's how right, well, good it kind of looks in a way. Is where it's like, is does it look not dynamic because it's shot on video, or is it just because? they're not good at making a movie <laughs> like you know like and it i think it's both right yeah. i mean the depth of field for sure right there's no you know shot on video unfortunately like there are some artistic things done on shot on video but they're yeah. few and far between and they're typically aspirations to be artistic okay there's nothing artistic about this this is just a really basic horror movie and what's funny is that the filmmakers really i mean it almost feels like the room like the 1980s the room yeah. where he was like oh we made it as a comedy and that's what they claim right because because i was that's what they claim. i was listening to the commentary and they claim that the psycho killer cut is more in line with their original ideas that they had right which is a more comedic version of it um right. And that the and look, the uh, producer actually is the that. one who created the theatrical cut and cut out a lot of the stuff that they actually wanted in to make it more scary. Right. And I don't doubt that, you know, you can still see some of the overtly comedic punchlines and setups yeah. in, in the theatrical cut, but they are far and few between, right? Um, or they just feel odd. And that could be mainly because, you know, these people don't really know yeah. how they act. And it, it is a whole vanity project. And quite honestly, like, I don't want to say it's uh, the horror answer, the SOV horror answer for the room, but it kind of does feel like that at times. Not as quotable. What I find interesting about the Psycho Killer cut, um, which maybe we'll talk about more later, is that um, there's less of that shit where, like, it looked like it was also edited on two VCRs. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about there? <laughs> um, we're like for no, for no reason, like it's like a scene starts and then it cuts off and then all of a sudden we're in a different scene. Yeah. That sort of business. That's not really on the, 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 the quote psycho killer cut doesn't really have that, right. that energy to it. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like uh, if you want like full, like we're just doing weird art shit, like to me, it's Tina Krause's limbo. That's a real good example of that. Where like, oh, like I wouldn't a, call yeah. that a, I don't know if that's a movie really, but like it there. <laughs> and that's also, that's also like really towards the end. Like that's SVHS, like 1999. Like that's, yeah, that's the other end of the, of the time, the timeline on, on shot on video. And it's, yeah. I mean, like, again, it just, if you're looking for, intentional art where maybe like someone who's made a lot of these is going to bring something to the table. Yeah. I don't know. Boarding house is fine. Uh, we've talked about it for a while and I kind of want to get on <laughs> Savage Harvest yeah. because it's a, it's a movie and that alone makes a world of difference. Like a movie with, with, with story and characters. Yeah, yeah definitely. I just wanted to say too, before we got off at that, uh, they said that the budget was 35,000 mm -hmm. is what they said in the commentary. And that it also costs thirty five to forty thousand to blow it up to thirty five millimeter. Whew. So it's basically like a uh, seventy thousand dollar movie <laughs> boarding house, which is a choice Div that they made with money. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and we'll get more into it in the features. I'll talk about the commentary and stuff, but yeah, boarding house.
All right, let's jump into Savage Harvest for its movie section. Uh, so Savage Harvest, I, I do you guys want to take the <coughs> no, lead Andy, on this, this is you. you this is me? your yeah. This is you. This is yours. Yeah. Okay, that's what I figured. So. <laughs> Savage Harvest is a 1994 shot on video film from director Eric Stanzi. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm located in St. Louis, Missouri. As I'm sure you know, it's going to be an inside joke, at, or maybe not an inside joke. It'll be a listener's joke. I don't know how to really phrase that. Anyway, um, yeah, it is a shot on video film made in St. Louis or around St. Louis, Missouri, which is where I'm from. And coincidentally, this is how I actually got into shot on video uh, films because of Eric Stanzi's Savage Harvest. It was in a Fangoria issue that I read his own published article. Uh, it was one of those notes in the under, uh, from the underground. Mm. And that, that particular section back in the old Fangoria's talked to local filmmakers and... Um, just independent filmmakers in general, you know, people outside of the Hollywood system. And what was nice is I'm reading now, I'm like, holy shit, Imperial, which is one of the cities that they filmed this film in, is and is like a town away from me. And then I saw a couple of locations filmed in the town that I was located at in Barnhart, Missouri, which is probably about 25 minutes south of St. Louis downtown. But anyway, like, I was just, like, A, stunned that I was reading something from a Missouri filmmaker. B, holy shit, this guy's like a fucking town over. This is really cool. Um, but I will always credit this film, Savage Harvest, for breaking uh, the barrier, like, basically breaking into shot on video, uh, me going down that route and learning about J.R. Bookwalter. But Savage Harvest is one of those films that is essentially a Evil Dead kind of riff uh, or ripoff, you know, if if you want to be brutally honest. But it is done through a so <laughs> a Native American kind of lens. Uh, basically, it talks about the Trail of Tears, and what's really interesting about this is he, Eric Stanzi, also shoehorned a real life event that happened here in Missouri and I'm sure some other states along the Mississippi, which is the Great Flood of 1993. So in 1993, the floodwaters really took over a lot of cities. Mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of damage. Uh, I know it got like past the fucking riverfront stairs and at the arch. It was insane. A um, lot yeah. of damage. A lot of damage. People lost their homes. It was it was a nasty, nasty thing. I was like 12 years old when that happened. And I'm like, holy shit. I want to say too before you go on. He claims that was already in the script. Yeah. But there was a flood in the script I, on the commentary, yeah, I, I, which I don't know. I, if I believe that, but okay. look, maybe I'll, I'll try to get the truth out. Wink, hint. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, Savage Harvest is, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to be a little biased, just full disclosure, just because it's, you know, a little more personal to me than uh, uh, my other hosts here. But. I think it is a very solid kind of Evil Dead riff, and it's about these kids, high school students, mixed in with like this fucking dropout, <laughs> college dropout dude. That is definitely, I'm pretty sure he was around like 38. Um, he's uh, basically they they fuck with some rocks 
and Native American folklore and uh, look, they summon the demon of uh, Retlakub, which is yeah book walter backwards <laughs> yeah. so he's paying tribute to you know like colleagues which i always thought was cool um and anyway brett lacoub and like some these rocks when they touch flesh they become that person becomes possessed and so like yeah. you can think of interesting ways how that's done it could just be picking up one of these rocks with the symbol it could be like hitting somebody over the head with a rock it, however the rock touches you you're fucked all the corn the tobacco the sunflowers everything just rows and rows of rocks supposedly these rocks are from the cursed fields of those Cherokee Indians. What are those markings on the rocks? According to legend, the elder had gained communication with a variety of demons. There were about 40 of them that he kept track of and, and wrote about. He assigned a symbol to each demon, and all of the stones that were found out in the cursed fields had one of the 40 symbols on them. I found these after this summer's floodwaters went down, and there may be a lot more right under our feet that just haven't been washed up yet. Anyway, according to the translation of this elder's writings, these rocks are now passageways for the demons that the elder was in communication with. Passageways for the demons to possess living humans. A demon supposedly enters your body when you make physical contact with one of the rocks. The demon whose symbol is on that rock is the one that possesses you. It's a fun movie. I've always thought it was fun, but like I said, I'm biased, so I'd like to hear from uh, from you guys. I uh, so I watched this for the first time when it came out in uh, December. It came out through uh, Saturn's Core, and I was really uh, struck by yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Like I liked most of the characters except for that one guy, Jeff. I think his yeah, name was Jeff. Is an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it is, he, he's like a shitty like Hesher dude, which is just hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I was struck by how fun it, it is. The gore gags are so fun. The characters, I, I, I like the lead girl a lot. I think she's really like compelling and pretty badass and cool. Um, I like, you know, you mentioned the thing with the rocks, the like mythology behind it. I thought was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Like it's actually a pretty creative idea, especially when you add in like the like the different sort of demons that are on it, where there's like the vulture one, and then like 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 all the other different things where they act differently according to whatever rock they touch. I thought that that was like absolutely brilliant, and you know, it's helped a lot by its runtime. Mm -hmm. Yep, I feel like if this movie was longer, it would really overstay its welcome <laughs> in, in a way. Yeah, but it really just gets to it. Like it really just like I was rewatching it last night and I forgot really how quick it gets into the gore gag stuff. Like it's pretty, pretty darn fast. I mean, look, here's what I, I would say about it. Um, I love the 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 fact that it opens on a real life thing. Right. Yeah. I actually think that's really smart. I think that it shooting the rodeo. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it just, it says, like, hey, let's let's just set this in a time and a place where a tragedy has happened of some sort. Not one that, like, people are going to feel like we're being scummy about it. But, like, genuinely a, a thing. Like, a force of nature comes through, and it reminds you of the fact that we don't know shit about shit, and we don't really have control over our own lives or the world around us. It's a thing that roots the rest of the story enough in reality that it doesn't really matter so much that it's shot on video, honestly. Like, in fact, in a way, it ends up working in its favor because you're starting with that. It creates, a, I mean, I don't want to say documentary because it's certainly not, but, <laughs> but like, it does do, it does add that degree of realism, you know, in the way that, like, you know, like Texas Chainsaw. One of the things that makes it great is it's shot on 16 millimeter. It's really grainy, and now you look back on it and you think it's so gritty looking that it feels almost like it really happened. Like somehow some documentary filmmaker like snuck in. Yeah. And I think that Savage Harvest is actually really served by shot on video when that's not always yeah. the case. You know, like I don't find myself going, "Man, Savage Harvest is so good. I wish it was shot on film." I actually think that it takes advantage of the format that it's shot on a thing that a lot of shot on video frankly does not do no i i fully yeah. agree with i that. just like that like you know we've got a we've got a dickhead character that shows up and like is like hey yeah. give me a shot and <laughs> your lead girl's like <laughs> fucking god damn it man Ugh, fine i just yeah. there's something about that interaction pretty early on that makes me think oh i know these assholes both of them like I like I yeah. know people like this no so that going back to what I was saying about SOV films right it, I I have a hard time buying into the characters that these actors are playing with SOV films just because it, it feels like that barrier again is so thin that I, I know these are real people but whereas boarding house feels that that's a negative I think Savage Harvest feels that's a positive because yeah. the these group of people are people you know or or people you can buy into, people that are believable. So the fact that they don't necessarily have any wild characteristics about them, they're just re relatively normal characters, I think is one of the strengths that SOV, like you were saying, Lena, it, it, it's a strength that it's shot on uh, shot on video and and that barrier is so thin that we do buy into it and i think that feeling for me oh this is a real person is maybe even more amplified because of my locality but also because of the format i think it's also like it has to do with using non-professional actors right like in, in I was listening to the commentary on Boarding House and all these women were cast and wanted to be actors, right? Like, like right. these are women that were in that were in Hollywood wanting to be, you know, f famous essentially. So so it's not like they really had the chemistry or the thing. When you listen, I you know I was listening to the commentary on this. These are all people that were mostly friends from like high school and like knew each other already. Yep. So there is like a certain chemistry there in terms of being comfortable around each other and like really having this like back and forth that they all kind of share throughout the scenes that are more like dialogue heavy in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that does a lot to service the movie. Like it, it never feels like, cause there's a certain feeling where it's like, Oh, I shot a movie with my friends and it's just not very 
um, good or compelling, right. you know, <laughs> but, but, but this feels like it in the most positive way where it's like, Oh, I shot a movie with my friends and it, and it turned out good because we were able to, to do it competently and we were able to have this chemistry and tell this interesting story as opposed to just people that were cast in this movie that were shot in video. That's kind of all over the place. You know? Right. Right. There's, yeah, there's another cool thing about Savage Harvest that really works for me, which is, um, yes, I think you could, like, if you just didn't know anything, if you just picked this off the shelf at the time and watched it, I think you would enjoy it. I think that there's something there at the root of it, but then there's an added benefit that the film has that I think it intentionally plays into. You know, you keep saying Evil Dead, right? Like, yeah. it's a little bit of a riff on, on Evil Dead. Well... Why is Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two especially? Why are why were those movies such big hits? Well, it's because they had exactly the right time, and they were movies that people rented on VHS. Right. Yeah. So you're you're in that culture, right? So to me, Savage Harvest is really made for the culture. Like it understands exactly where it exists and exactly what its audience is. Yeah. So if you if I just say to you, hey, do you like Evil Dead 2? Did you watch Evil Dead 2 on VHS from your local mom and pop and somehow didn't see Savage Harvest? You're going to fucking love it. It's just SOV Evil Dead. Yeah. Agreed. No, yeah. The, 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 and that that's 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 where the like when we say it's fun, if you haven't seen it, that's where we're talking about where the fun comes in is it it is that it is that Evil Dead kind of like the, like I, I've said it a couple times, but the gore gags are so good. Even starting with the first one with just like the screwdriver and an Uncle Gary's head. Yeah. Uh, it's so like gushy and gross and fun that you're just like, hell yeah, like as soon as it starts. And that's like maybe like less than 30 minutes into the movie that they show that first one and you're like, hell yeah, like this is awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> it's pretty quick. The, and, and that's that, you know. It's it's a movie that really uh, the simplest way to put it, it's a movie that really accentuates its strengths and downplays any weakness it could have. That's that's and that's what a perfect shot on video movie could do. It is it, it should accentuate what's great about it and do its best to hide what is what you're lacking in terms of being a real movie. Right. I think that it, you know, a, a lesser creator probably would have leaned in on the fact that it's trying to do something else, but on a on a lower budget and on video, and try to be super self aware and like winky about it. Uh-huh. Which, you know, yeah. I know that the, I know that there's an audience for that. I personally, yeah, I hate that. Absolutely, I hate that shit. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. But what I like about Savage Harvest is that it really threads the needle. It is self aware. But it is not winky self-aware. And uh, that's amazing because it came out in the 90s, which is like the winky self-aware decade of horror. Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, Pulp Fiction came out around 1994. So, I mean, it was the same year as Pulp Fiction. And, I mean, I think that's that's when Pulp Fiction kind of kicked open the door to be, you know, very meta and, like, recognize movies in part of the world. It, I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that was always interesting about Pulp Fiction to me. But anyway, we're not talking about Pulp Fiction. So Savage Harvest, uh, yeah. yeah. 
really dig it. I, I think horror fans will like it, and especially, like Lena said, people that like Evil Dead will, will enjoy it. Yeah, the um, I really, and I only noticed this on my last watch of it, was that they set up the thing with the blood transfusion early, early in the movie, uh-huh. which I thought was pretty brilliant. When the girl's changing, she has the, the like scar on her. Yeah, it's and pretty. I neat. was like, oh, that is actually pretty genius. <laughs> like, like because the first time you watch it, it's it's, and if you don't pick up on it, it's kind of funny when she mentions it because you're right. like. What a weird like weird plot. thing to say. What a weird way to get here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like it's a really weird, weird way to get here. But when you when you pick up on that it was it was, you know, pl- that the seeds were like planted earlier. Yeah. Um it's it really is kind of you're like wow, like that's really creative. To me I watch Savage Harvest and I think um it's like what if that homegrown horror vinegar syndrome release uh Winter Beast yeah. made sense? <laughs> Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not drag winter beast here. Well, no man, I think if you <laughs> if you watch if you watch Savage Harvest and you watch Boarding House and you like both, Winter Beast is your next yeah, stop. Yeah, that's definitely. that's yeah, the yeah, next yeah, place yeah. to go. You know go. what's funny? I like, still need to un- watch it. Unsung third option. I still need to watch winter, winter Beast. I still need to watch it. Oh, it's so oh, good. Man. I have the set. It's I, a must watch. I, I It's bit- like it's like this mixed with mixed with Twin Peaks. Okay, I'm I'm that's there. How I describe I'm it. there. I'm there. <laughs> No, I'm excited yeah. because I think Fatal two, Exam two, two is also three are, in there. are worth watching. Fatal Exam is also yeah. in there, and that's shot in St. Louis. Also as well. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. All right. So, so which yes. one do you think right. wins? So what do we, What's the better movie? Oh, oh Savage Harvest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Savage Harvest. Even, even as far film, as enjoyment. How about enjoyment? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Just want to make sure. There are different categories of enjoyment. You know what I mean? Like, and I think we touch on a little bit where savage harvest is traditionally a fun great splatter movie yeah right boarding house is in that this is so fucking bizarre that i'm having a great time with whoever is watching it with me category so it is like we said the genders the flavors what whatever you're looking for that's that's the difference but traditionally in terms of better movie it's Savage Harvest. Bar yeah, on. and I, I think Boarding House is definitely one of those fucking party movies, right? It's it's one yeah, of those definitely. things you put on yeah. in the background, and somebody's you, you give that opportunity for someone to be like, "What what the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. I think it, look if you're if you're trying to break in to shot on video, <laughs> if you if you're not really a shot on video person, but you want to try, Savage Harvest is definitely a yeah. great gateway film. And once you're there, I think you can you can enjoy. It's easier to enjoy Boarding House once you've gotten used to what shot on video is, the yeah. limitations and the benefits of the format. Um, it's just much easier to to take on board something like Boarding House once you've watched Savage Harvest. What's yeah. really cool is I I really want you guys to see Ice from the Sun in Scrapbook, which are other Wicked Pixel Eric Stanzi movies. Yeah. They uh, have them on the back of the back of the thing here, uh, listed under his like uh, credits. By his oh name, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, there's, Ice from there's the also Sun's... a sequel that somebody else made. Yeah, so Jason <laughs> yeah. Chris, uh, Jason Chris made that, and we will talk about him when we explore the presentation uh, part oh, of Savage Harvest because yeah. uh, he is also the director of one of the new features. So 
Cool. Hmm. All right. So oh, I think we should talk about the packaging because that's real quick. Do you? Okay. So we're gonna go into the packaging and then we'll go into the presentation. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Yeah, I feel like let's 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 have a nice palate cleanse or something that's fun and stupid. Okay, so let's uh yeah, let's get nerdy over packaging. Okay, so both uh, of these films wins. Both of these films <laughs> yeah. Both of these films come with those nice uh slip covers that vinegar syndrome provides. I'm gonna um, start calling them O C N slips. Yeah, O C oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> because it's true. I mean O C N is now like just kind of this brand as well. And um yeah. Look, yeah, I'll be honest with you. It, these the Savage Harvest one is kind of underwhelming, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I have a big problem with it is because the fucking image is stretched out. It drives me insane. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> you can tell it in her face. Definitely. Yeah, it's awful, and even on the back, it doesn't look all that great. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was not happy. I was like, man, you could have done something really cool with this, like. Well, and this this boarding house cover is just phenomenal. Yeah, the artwork like, on the, so the front good. is wonderful. I also like looking at the back because it looks like a VHS tape, right? You have the, yeah, yeah, the like, image, the tagline, and the description. And then it also has the running time of approximately Oh, it has the tagline on the back I was talking about. Yeah. The yeah. final conflict will confirm the delicate balance of creation. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely what happens in that movie. At the boarding house. No, I I, <laughs> I absolutely love the uh, artwork of the slip for boarding house. So slips goes, uh, yeah, boarding house, yep. Um, both films have reversible covers. Uh, I have yes. kept the Savage Harvest one as the old VHS artwork, and for the boarding house, I did not switch it. Yeah, just yeah, because I like that that um, newer art is pretty good. I think it's good. Yeah, honestly, also, both slips are still in stock. By the way, in case in case you were if you're out. listening to this as of this recording, yeah, as of this recording, recording. Uh, Savage well, they both have over a thousand left as of this recording. So. We probably have a couple sales. Yeah, you're, you're probably okay. Savage Harvest is a one-disc release, whereas Boarding House is a two-disc release, which yeah. I guess let's just go ahead and use that as an opportunity to kind of explore the presentation of Boarding House. Yes, yes. So, uh, again, this is presented by AGFA in association with uh, Bleeding Skull. It's one of those AGFA plus Bleeding Skull releases. I absolutely mm -hmm. love how they address this versus Savage Harvest. <laughs> Notice, Boarding House was shot and edited on tape. Please approach the technical quality of the transfers with empathy. Whereas Savage <laughs> Harvest says, uh, this feature was shot and edited on video. Please be advised, the transfer quality is confined by the limitations of the format. Sounds so official. I, I like how AGFA puts its tongue in cheek. So that the empathy part, that's great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you get two discs on here, uh, technically three different cuts of Boarding House. But mm -hmm. the one thing I will say is, you know, I, I am a little bummed that you can't get the director's cut, the two hour and a okay. half min minute version. Let me get into the end of that. And and we'll use that as a Diggum springboard to get into it. <laughs> so, so they, um, on the commentary and the partial commentary that's on here. With the uh, director and uh, uh, what's what is his name? Joseph. Sorry. Joseph. Joseph from uh, Bleeding, Bleeding Skull. Skull. Yep. 
it's it's basically kind of an audio essay with him talking about it, and then uh, intercut with like interview clips that they did with uh, John and um, what is her name again, Colossu. Colossu. Um, How could and you forget so such a household name? How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> what what they say is that so that the two hour the two and a half hour director's cut was not it's not approved by Jim. <laughs> So it's not really a director's cut. Right. And that it was created for that DVD in iMovie using bloopers and outtakes that they never intended to be in the movie. And that's why it's not included on this, because it is not an official cut of the film. So essentially... Yeah, tree feet. Yeah, they're abiding by the rules of the director. But where I find this interesting is that, you know, not... I think this is maybe... Look, if anybody gives a shit about Boarding House... Uh, it's kind of an eye-opening thing, right? Because, like, you always, I think, as a consumer, just always buy into what the label's putting out is going to be the most definitive version and is always improved, yeah. like, approved by the filmmakers. Just because, like, hey, we're, we want to license your movie. Great, cool. We're going to put all these features on there. Great, cool. You just think that's all approved. And, you know, for a long time, like I said, Code Red put it out on DVD and then Slasher Video put it out on DVD and that was probably the most I think the two it was like a two disc and a one disc that they did but the two disc had that director's cut on it yeah and you know I I think that just kind of like you have people out there that are like oh there's a longer cut why wasn't that included and maybe for preservation's sake I can see that argument like, oh, well, I wish it was on here because it was previously yeah. released because I believe that it's always great to carry over every special feature and just, I mean, granted, the, this thing's already had three DVD releases, so some shit was going <laughs> to yeah. get cut and obviously a two and a half hour long version of fucking Boarding House was a good cut. But, um, yeah. you know, for anybody who's a completist for this movie, that would own like all the VHS versions, even Polish VHS or something stupid like that. You know, there's there's those collectors out there that would be like, oh fuck, well I got to keep my slasher video release because it has this unauthorized cut, just because yeah. of the completism. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if if they if they had put that on the on the uh, Agfa Bleeding Skull release, <laughs> right. then by God. We wouldn't have the family film Sally and Jess. (laughs) And how would we have lived without that? So one of the things that is new to this Blu-ray, other than the 35 millimeter uh, theatrical cut being scanned in 2K um, from the wonderful folks at AGFA. And again, just to reiterate, I think that is the best way to watch it or the most entertaining valid way to watch it. Um, Sally and Jess is this previously unreleased quote unquote family film quote unquote, yeah. uh, from the makers of Boarding House. And this is coming from a 16 millimeter answer print. And, you know, it looks grimy. It looks grainy. But Did you watch it? Yeah. Why? Really? Why? Uh, we I didn't watch. I, there's no way in hell am I ever going to watch it. Oh, no, I watch. <laughs> I watch it. Uh, it's not oh, bad. Wow. It's not bad. Um, I mean, it's from the Maker's Boarding House, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> but it's a 16 millimeter answer print. It just doesn't look all that great. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy that this release at least 
kind of um, said, okay, we're a Blu-ray release, so we need to have something high quality. We can't just have tape. And they're like, oh, well, we have this previously unreleased film. And so it's kind of a double feature if you wanted to make it such. Uh, I mean, Sally and Jess isn't something I would be like, you know, I'm just really hankering to watch Sally and Jess right now. Let me go get my boarding house. Just pop on Sally and Jess real quick. Right, right. That's (laughs) something that's probably never going to come out of my mouth. But I am uh, appreciative of Agfa putting a fucking fourth film on here, technically. It's kind of insane how packed this release is. And I think... I think that's also kind of a testament to say this is an archive. This is an archive of theatrical history right here, especially for, I mean, theatrical horror history, I should say. I Yeah, I think that that's, that's a fair point. Um, I wanted to say that I, um, while I appreciate the, the, the 2K um, from the 35 millimeter release theatrical cut, uh, I'm really glad that Psycho Killer is on there. If the, if we're getting into the weeds on this stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually prefer of the of the cuts. That's my one. If I'm wow. if I'm watching one of them, I'm watching Psycho Killer because it's goofier. Yeah, it is goofy. Yeah. It is goofier, and I kind of like that. Um, and honestly, I do kind of like that assembly better. I just wish it was in 35, right? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Obviously, like coming out of. Um, the one inch master it's just you i mean you can notice the difference yeah for sure you sure can especially if you're watching it on a big screen <laughs> yeah and 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 i i watched it with both commentaries mm. um and i can recommend like i said the uh partial commentary i think is very interesting because it's you know it's 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 got a little more information the theatrical cut commentary with quote unquote star marielle mckinley I cannot recommend. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean King seems like a big fan of this film. Yeah. But she seems to have a very hard time focusing on anything, uh, let alone speaking about a movie that she made 40 years ago. Um, and so it's just a little, you know, it's just a little. It's all over the place. Your, it's just, it's yeah. just not worth your time. It's, really. it's all over the place. And yeah, it is very hard to listen to. Um, it's funny because I I didn't know if I would get a chance to listen to it because again I watched Sally and Jess right, but yeah. um, when, which when you the director said that, though, did a commentary for that? Yeah, 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 I I did not watch the commentary for that unfortunately. <laughs> okay. um, but when you mentioned the commentary uh, with Sean Keen or. Um, yeah, Sean King. Uh, I was yeah. just like, oh, I'll listen. To- wow, it was more over the pla- all over the place than this podcast. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, she's. I mean, there's a there's a there's a funny part where she's talking about doing a lot of cocaine while she's making the movie. <laughs> no other than that, shit. It's really, it's really not uh, worth your time. <laughs> yeah. I'm- yeah, she got the long COVID equivalent of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Long cocaine. It's t- long, long cane. Uh, yeah. I, are we talking about, um, so, do we want to do the, so the best visual quality of the film is the is the theatrical cut, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Which we think is better as far as the visual presentation of the film, just the film. Is it that cut of um, 
Boarding House or is it Savage Harvest? Oh, you're saying just video quality wise? Yeah, yeah. That's to me. Uh, this is you know, this is a real. It might end up being a splitting hairs situation. I honestly think Savage Harvest is maybe a little better. Yeah, I I also agree with that. I I feel in look I know I know that Eric had a facility kind of retouch everything and now I know that boarding house had a decent budget I think but a lot of it was put into just packing this fucking disc because the one inch master or the quarter inch master already existed so it's like oh we'll just throw that on there yeah I mean that it's pretty much for the same it's pretty much the same as the slasher video. I think the cr- contrast might be a little up, a little high on the um, on the slasher video one, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty identical. So, what do you think yeah. about special fe- what about special features? This uh, special on features. Savage Harvest. Which one wins? Yeah, we can go there. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying which one is better. Oh. I hate to do it. I, I think boarding house, but then again, I a lot of that is again biased because I own the image entertainment version of Savage Harvest, which carried yeah. a lot of those over because there's really yeah. only one new feature. There's technically kind of two behind the scenes stills montages, the second one, but the the only new feature here is a retrospective documentary that was filmed last year yeah. in 2021 uh mm-hmm. a quarter century since the harvest is the name of it and it's directed by savage harvest to october blood director jason christ uh and basically yeah. all the documentary is is a documentation of eric stanzi and uh some of the wicked pixel crew going out to vhs fest out in mahoning um in pennsylvania which is a very popular... I mean, it's a popular drive-in, number one. Everybody should know about the Mahoning. Um, yeah. Number two, this this has become a pretty popular event. And um, yeah, the, the fact that this is kind of what stemmed, I think, the whole relationship with Saturn's Core because they put out the VHS. Savage, uh, Savage Harvest has been put out numerous times. You know, originally in VHS, Salt City Home Video, which is like Ron Bonk's company which most people should know. If you know anything about SUV, you know who Ron Bonk is. And then Vultra Video was this kind of limited boutique label that that put out some Wicked Pixel stuff, and they put out Savage Harvest. I think it was limited to like 50 VHS tapes. And then Saturn's Core did that thing with uh, VHS, VHS Fest, too. which is what's documented on this documentary. And it's interesting to hear Eric talk about kind of his afterthoughts and saying, you know, I I set out to make a film and by the end of it, I was mad about it because it didn't look how I envisioned. And he mm. had a hard time kind of just, you know, saying shot on video. I it kind of ruined it. You know, he, he just yeah. felt like if he had a normal budget, he'd have like this really killer film. And I think over time, and especially at that event, he really kind of came to realization that like, oh no, people find it endearing. My intentions came through um, just as they would with a normal video or a film. And yeah, it works. And sometimes, you know, I, I personally think that the SOV has this enduring quality to it. So 
it's it's always fun to go back and watch SOV films, even if they're not very well made. Yeah. Savage Harvest has the luxury of being pretty well made as an SOV film. Completely, yeah. So I'm I'm happy that he came to terms with Savage Harvest. If you're listening, Eric. Yeah, even even on that commentary from 20 years ago, he mentions that he's starting to like warm up to it because he mentions more than once, like I really did not like this when I was done with it. Like I really did not enjoy this. Yeah. Um, which is which features are better? Yeah, it's still, yeah. You were saying that you think ultimately you'd still give it to Boring House, Treef. I think so. Um, just I feel be- the same way. Just because, man, this thing. I, Look, the the thing that Savage Har- Harvest had against it was its one day. Harvest. Harvest. I just came from Boston. <laughs> the farmer. Um, <laughs> gonna release the fucking farmer. Okay. Boarding House has two discs versus one. So it kind of automatically like is already a heavyweight versus a lightweight, right? Yeah. Like your band. Hey. Hey, see what I did? See what I did? Um, I did. But the fact that it has four, you know, four different movies, three different cuts of one movie, uh, or four different, hold on. Two different movies. Four films, two movies, three different cuts of one. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, it it just outweighs some of what Savage Harvest has on uh, the disc. So... I think for special features, I would go with Boarding House. Yeah, I, I, I think that that quarter century, since the harvest is a really great special, and it's the one thing that I found myself really missing off of Boarding House, because mm-hmm. there's none of that. Like a retrospective doc? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that that wasn't present on this disc, given the history of the film, right? Yeah. It feels like there should have been something like that. It's really the one criticism that I have, but I'll tell you what Savage Harvest doesn't have, and that's music videos from Colossu and John Wintergate. It's true. Which which this does have. It has like 25 minutes worth of music videos. But there's music videos with you, Hotel Faux Pas. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there's music videos on both, which is yeah, strange. Yeah, which is kind of strange. I, I do agree with you, though, because... Um, Especially based off of what I was talking about, how Boarding House is this nice little timeline entry in theatrical horror history. Why isn't there a retrospective? Why isn't there like a video essay talking about how important this film was for SOV? How important this film Why is it just a normal commentary? Yeah, just a normal commentary. I mean, I I feel that even though Joe, you know, I I love him. I, I adore Bleeding Skull. I feel like that... 30 minute partial commentary is very much a cop out not i mean this film isn't very long but it's just like come on fill up the time you could have done yeah. something uh sh- 30 minute commentary is kissing your sister compared exactly. to you know, you know it's kissing your sister what why did i say exactly <laughs> i don't even know what the fuck that means <laughs> you know it's it's you know no, what is Not it? As good. <laughs> no, we don't know, Tig. <laughs> to be clear, I think they Trithi say that and in... I are putting as much fucking distance from you as we possibly can. It's you know, it's 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 third place is basically what I was saying. So <laughs> your sister's your sister. third place. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right, great. Holy fuck! I hate this so much. 
I well well I thought I thought in Missouri it was first, second, and third place. Oh, oh fuck you. <laughs> I knew it. I knew Sorry, it. Sorry, Missouri people. All I'm right. setting that up. Okay, so so uh boarding hats for me, Lena, boarding hats for you. For special features, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think other than the fact, I mean, the fact that it has so many different cuts, and, the, um, and that it has those silly ass music videos, um, I do think that it is worth noting that it's closer between the two of them than I would have thought it would have been because of the lack of a, a documentary on mm-hmm. Boarding House. But yeah, I think on the whole. So now we we are, we present ourselves with the well, ultimate wait, argument. Wait, you're Boarding House as well, right? Yes, hundred percent. Okay. All right, go ahead. All right, so now to put it all together, everything. Which of these releases, full stop, just p- bringing it all together under one banner? If you're only gonna buy one, which is the one you buy? Hmm. It's tough because in terms, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go first. In terms of points, like the points we just gave it. Boarding House is the winner, right? Like, like it's like it's like we're you know when we're talking about all the categories we go through, it's like that's the one that kind of wins. But Savage Harvest is so fun. I'm like, you. This is the one you have to own. Lena, you go ahead. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's really tight. I think for me, it's a question of what what are you looking for, right? But I would say even as a person that has watched a fair amount of shot on video, if I was only going to own one of these, I think it would still be Savage Harvest. Just because I'll, I'll watch that movie again. I'll want other people who haven't seen it to see it. Whereas a Boarding House really does feel like I'm just owning it because it slots into a relevant piece of horror history. I love the slipcover. And it's got a couple so bizarre it becomes funny moments. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I had to put my hand on my heart, I think I would pick Savage Harvest. And, look, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be a <clears throat> biased whatsoever. But here's what I will say. I think you kind of touched upon a fair point. Why are you collecting Blu-rays? Why are you specifically collecting Vinegar Syndrome and its partner labels? I think that's the question that people need to ask before they buy any of these films. Because I feel Because that, I'm mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Boarding House is one of those things where it, it, you could definitely have that argument. Like, I need to have some sort of physical manifestation of this important document in horror theatrical history, right? Just a story that's kind of crazy on its own. Like, you can pull that off the shelf like you ever hear of Boarding House. It's this fucking shot on video film that they spent $35,000 to put on 35 millimeter film and show it theatrically and pass it off like a Hollywood movie. (laughs) $1,000 a millimeter. Yeah, $1,000 per millimeter. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, if you're that type of collector that cares about the history and collects Blu-rays to to kind of tell a story. Possibly, <sighs> Savage Harvest is a good movie. If you want to spend twenty five dollars on something that, like, maybe you're not a fan of, it's so bad it's good type of movies. Savage Harvest is a solid horror film. 
So I think it really does kind of depend what type of collector you are. For me, obviously Savage Harvest, um, just because like it means a little more to me than it does to my other co-hosts. So it's kind of more of, you know, same same theory with Boarding House. This is a physical manifestation on a document of something that was part of my horror history, of my personal yeah. horror history. So I think that just kind of wins by default. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this movie, and then I can tell my stupid story. And I yeah. can also, you know, I don't have it next to the DVD because that's a DVD and it's filed separately and it's not released by Saturn Square because I'm that fucking weirdo. But, yeah, I, I love Savage Harvest. I think that is the better buy if you're looking for a uh, a horror movie. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you, you were getting into a little bit why you would collect it. Also, if you're buying all the Agfa, like me, you would uh, collect it. Yeah, I buy literally everything, so I own both. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and also I love Agfa's uh, sort of nonprofit mission of like preserving you know genre films like this and specifically that i think that's a good reason to throw your money at them a lot of the times because they're putting out this stuff and and all of it goes back into you know preserving more films right and look i love love agfa because they supply us films for late night greenhouse so (laughs) (laughs) but also no i I love their mission statement i love the company um and yeah i mean just the fact that i get to work with them is uh you know on titles on acquiring titles and the fact that they provide a service like before agfa really came around it was tough locking down rights to show films and there's a uh there's a book that Alamo Drafthouse put out um, uh, Faded Warped something. I, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's something along those lines and it talks about the Wild West days of Alamo Drafthouse when you know they really didn't secure the theatrical rights to show a lot of the movies and that's yeah. how they got away with like hey we're having a weirdo Wednesday or a weird Wednesday or a terror Tuesday yeah. for a buck and then they would sell their food and drink just like a bar yeah, so they totally. would they would get the financial income that they normally would through a theater and there was really no interference with studios that would take a box office cut so it was very you know it was it was more venturous for them but yeah um long story short i think savage harvest would be my pick and i i hopefully this is i'm pretty sure it's going to happen so, fun story, I was supposed to do a commentary track for Savage Harvest, and just time ran out. It was too tight of a timeline. Um, we couldn't get it done, but I've talked to Eric, uh, the director, Eric Stanzi, and we are going to record the commentary and release it on the Destroy the Brain feed. So, look for that in, hopefully, in the near future. I think maybe August or September is what we were talking about, so... I'm looking forward to that because I've done some decent research, bought some things like that old Fangoria issue that yeah. I uh, first heard, you know, heard about him. So that will be a fun commentary because at first he didn't, he was kind of curious once I gave him my notes and stuff of like how I wanted to address it. He was like, how's that going to work on a podcast? And I'm like, oh, we'll just put it out there like you would and people just sync up with it. He totally did not understand what the fuck I was saying. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but now I convinced him. He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. So, 
hopefully, um, you know, look, if you're subscribed, you're subscribed, you'll get it hopefully later down this year, but hopefully buy the disc first. Yeah. You need to buy the disc. Um, I don't, I guess it will be half off or no, it's a partner label, right? No, but it'll be half off. Okay, so it it will be half Three off. Three months are over. Yeah, this should be like seventeen forty nine. So, pick it up and uh, yeah, if you're in St. Louis, you know, support Eric. He's still making movies. He actually just recently made a movie. Um, he's pretty much kept it under wraps though, so I don't know how much I can say. So. Look out for a new movie for Eric. Unfortunately, I don't know what are those boarding house filmmakers doing. We didn't even really talk about this. <laughs> Dig them. <coughs> Did you want to say it? Dig them, Marlena. Um, Whoever about, wanted uh, to do it. They're they're being weird pervert uh, cultural appropriators, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Lightstorm. Was, <coughs> yeah, Lightstorm is is their what's what's their web web address. It's lightstormmusicandbooks.com. John Nima and Colossu Wintergate, (laughs) internationally known as Lightstorm, have devoted their entire lives to singing and bringing joy to people all over the world by the constant practice of controlling and silencing the mind. Mm. They have connected with the ultimate truth of many aspects of this creation. (laughs) Through this truth... 15 music albums. 15 music 15? albums? <laughs> what do they think as they well, are? As, 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 well, as well as eight books flowed through them. I wow. bet you fucking perverts. Uh, with these books and albums, they have shared their own personal life and mystical experiences since 1968. Jesus. With oh the God. avatar... Sri Sathya Sai Baba through some, you know what I'm, I'm, not, I'm sorry we, what we got it <laughs> is everything okay I, I, did my internet go out again <laughs> no, no, no 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 I was having a stroke because I was trying to, <laughs> you re- was trying to what, read what they, what they were what, talking about it just went real wrong in my brain <laughs> so it's and a cult I don't think I w- <laughs> my brain was trying to escape and it did and uh, now I'm having a stroke anyway I love, uh, I love how right. it ends in all caps it says close your eyes a moment and now ask yourself where do you begin and where do you end yeah that's the end of it that is very important oh that's God. all in caps very important business anyway listen um, no shade on those folks maybe a little bit but like whatever I mean like if they're if they're happy and other people are happy in their cult great good for them allegedly uh, Allegedly, allegedly, it's alleged cult. Um, probably not a cult at all. Anyway, listen, definitely a cult. here's what I know. It's been a great episode. It's definitely a cult, but um, <laughs> but it's it's time to to look to the future. And you know, I was definitely looking to the future as I was considering what the next episode would be because it's my turn. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's been a it's been another one of those years where it's been 84 years. And I just want it to be summer already. Like, in my head, I just, I want it to be summer. I want to be out on the beach. I want to be thinking about summertime stuff. And nothing to me says summer and the beach like Jaws, right? The yeah. original blockbuster movie, the original summer yeah. movie. I think I've Jaws. Heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little, you've probably never heard of it. Uh, just a little known film, Jaws, uh, made by some Steven Spielberg guy. What boutique well, label put that out? 
great question. I do own on 4K. Who put, who put that one out? That's a, that's a universal. Never heard of that either. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, so seriously, obviously, um, we all love Jaws. It's a it's a great film. It is probably don't, one of the most. Don't talk for everybody. Whatever, dude. <laughs> if you don't like Jaws, you're wrong. I, that's absolutely mental. Get into some uh, hook anyway, arguments look, with Digum online. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this. Um, yeah, somebody else would want to take a fucking rip at Digum over this. Yeah. It's not worth your time, but sure. Uh, listen. They did a lot of Jaws likes, right? This became one of the most knocked off movies of all time. So I thought, man, if only some of these boutique labels had <laughs> relatively recently put out some Jaws ripoff movies on mm. Blu-ray. Well, they did. So we're going to do um, Scream Factory's 4K presentation of Alligator Woo. versus Severance release of the one, the only, the original Grizzly. Fuck yes. Yeah. And it's going to be a great opportunity not only to talk about these two movies, but to kind of just dig into the 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 era, the ongoing. Yeah, just a really fun thing that's been going on for a long time. Uh, and these are these are both enjoyable movies. I'm sure we'll talk about Light Tentacle and a couple of the other ones. It's Joe Dante, I'm sure we'll get a name drop because he yeah. kind of has to. But uh, but yeah, so Alligator versus Grizzly is going to be our next episode. Get hype. Before anybody fucking complains, yes, we know it's a 4K versus a Blu-ray. Guess what? The 4K yeah. has the Blu-ray. So it'll be Blu-ray well, through Blu-ray. You, you know what makes it even more fair? Uh, one of us buys 4Ks and doesn't even have a 4K <laughs> setup, which is weird. So they can just watch it on the Blu-ray and yeah. they'll, they'll tell us all about the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not watching it on the Blu-ray, though. I'm, I'm not, not an idiot. idiot. No, I'm but, not a fool. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Motherfuckers. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what a bunch of infants. Where can people find y'all on the internet? Uh, my name is Lena Morgan. You can find me on uh, Twitter and on Letterboxd at Alina is you. If you like listening to this podcast and you've thought for some fucking reason you want to listen to me talk even more, you can check me out on uh, Song vs. Song, which is just like this podcast. If it, instead of movies, it was pop music, uh, <laughs> which I co-host with uh, the erstwhile Todd in the Shadows of YouTube fame. It's pretty good as a podcast new york times recommended Ooh. check it out oh uh you can find me at digum 13 on all, all your little all your little social media apps uh including letterboxd i think it's just digum on there uh you can find my band at that band lightweight which i is a such a stupid handle um <laughs> You can find all of it there, lightweight, on all your streaming stuff. There's a picture of me. I got long hair. I I think it's a good handle. Fuck you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Twitter, you can find me at Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. Uh, actually, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Under that, I try to keep everything in unison because, you know, I'm a fucking professional. Well, tell Ad Diggum to give me the name, then. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I, I got fucked with uh, Destroy the Brain because somebody hacked my account. Yeah. So now it's DTB Horror on Podcast or on Twitter. Which reminds me Twitter, DTB Horror, Instagram, Destroy the Brain. Find us as a collective, uh, Facebook.com. 
facebook.com slash destroy the brain thank you for listening and uh yeah we'll be back in a couple of weeks with grizzly from seven films and alligator from scream factory bye-bye <laughs>